Hello, I'm RJ City, and you are listening to the Monster Cast. You're going to talk about Bela Lugosi. They're going to talk about Lon Chaney Jr. He'd be so sad, holding his hat, saying, please put me in this room and don't unlock the door. And you can't do any better than the Doll Brothers. Jack and Ryan, they're brothers, but they're also bros. Uh, what? Pardon? Wrestling. Oh, who the hell wants to talk about wrestling? These are horror movies. It's, it's the deep genre. It's a smart genre. Fantastic actors. Fantastic cinematography. Wrestling is just sweating and fireworks and bouncy ropes. There's nothing. So how do you talk about that every week? All right. Let's see them try. Take it away, you crazy dolls. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Apple Fightful here. You're watching the Monster Cast with Jack and Ryan. A big shout out to those fellas. Good people. Check them out. Jake and Brian. Brandon Cutler here from AEW, and I hope you guys have an awesome podcast with the Monster Cast. What, what was that? Your name is Jack and Ryan? Shut up, Jack and Ryan. Wrestling podcast? How fucking original. I guess I just, I mean. You're welcome. Here's your host of the Monster Cast, the Straight Edge Monster Jack and Ryan. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Monster Cast. I'm your host, the Straight Edge Monster Jack. That's Ryan. We got a big show for you. We didn't have a show last week, but that's because my boy over here was in Canada. And you know why he was in Canada? He was losing his predictions to me. At Forbidden Door Live! Let's go ahead and get it out the way right quick. Hot tag topics. And I'm, I don't know why I said quick, but let's, how about this part quick? This is easily the best show of the year now, right? This beats Revolution AEW earlier in the year. That was, um, that was number one. First, we started out hot with Wrestle Kingdom. Then I believe that we both agreed that Revolution was better top to bottom than that, which was weird because no one was going into Revolution thinking that it was going to be what it, what, what it ended up being. Yeah. How would you grade it compared to what now is? Now a lot of people, including myself, are saying this is the best show of the year. I mean, it's kind of the same thing I said last year, though, right? It's kind of it's biased for me to say because I was there. Um, I don't think that's biased, dude. I don't think it's biased for you to say. I'm not saying I'm not out here saying that fucking Fight for the Fall in 2019 was the best show of that year, and I was there live. I mean, it was a great oh, show. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think it was the best show of the year. Um. Yeah, it was probably as far as wrestling quality, uh, fan engagement card was pretty good um god that dog collar match was so good we'll though. go over each match individually so i'm not too worried about that but just just overall i do believe that it's the new number one contender for best show of the year and if you watch the monster awards even though he says he didn't want to be biased we both picked forbidden door last year to be the best show overall anyway so let's not let's yeah, not just jump different. to conclusions like he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about over here that's different it wasn't like you just went out of your way to pick something else and it, and disqualified yourself for, because you went to a show. If we went to as many shows as we wanted to and had time to go, then we would disqualify ourselves from all the shows. 
Like what the um, fuck? Okay, so I I thought it was probably the best show of the year. You um, like? Oh, how about this for you? Because you went to both. Which Forbidden Door did you like better? It's not the same because I had different seats. I thought um, so. What the fuck? <laughs> Listen, I was I was in floor on the first one, and that got pretty fucking irritating when like the seven rows of people in front of me would all stand up, so we all had to stand up. Yeah, how'd you like but the new like, elevated seat? That's way better, right? I definitely prefer it. I probably won't yeah, ever get floor. That's how I always do it. Yeah, like being five seven, five eight, whatever the fuck. Unless I am. unless you're going to be unless you're going to be in the front row or the yeah. second row, there's really no point in being on the fucking floor if you're an average sized person or um or, or a chill person or just a chill person, honestly. Because like yeah, that too. Yeah, because if everybody's if, if you're in like the eighth row and the person the next three rows in front of you are all fucking super hyped up all the time and you don't get as hyped as they do at live shows. That means they're standing up in front of you the entire time. You and then I also have this like subconscious thing where like I don't want to block the person behind me because I know how I feel currently. Right. So I don't want to stand up too, but then it's like, well, I I fucking paid all this money. I'm gonna have to stand up to even fucking get a glimpse of what the hell's going on type deal. It's a weird position to be in when you're not an asshole. Yeah. Um, so near the end of Forbidden Door One, people were like standing on top of their chairs, and I'm like, I'm not fucking doing that. So I just started telling people, hey, get the fuck down. Like nobody behind you can see. Um, so that was awkward for everybody involved, but you know, they did get down, so that was nice. Um, but standing on your fucking chair is just crazy. So yeah, like, why well, you already paid that much for a board ticket, and then you need to get on the chair too? Come on. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was like the last third of the fucking Moxley Tanashi matches like that. This one, um, seating aside, because people would still stand up, but uh, you just stand up too, and because it's elevated, you always see over them. It's not a big deal. Um, I think I did like this one better. Uh, it was a little weirder going alone. Um, obviously I had a friend come with me last time when you couldn't come. Um, but well, I'm going to the Japan one next year with you. Don't worry. Oh, I, I bet you have to get a fucking passport first. Um, so they, they did fucking end up money. What are you talking about? Fucking passport. I gotta get money. Oh, fucking Japan, dude. Holy shit. Hey, passports cost money too. So they um they did sit me luckily behind or uh, beside on the side that wasn't empty some gentlemen with very good taste. So the guy that I sat next to had a, a sign for Wado. He said, "Uh, needs more Wado." How the crazy side. was that? Yeah, How, the coincidence. Did you did you explain Watto it to fan? him or anything? Yeah, I explained. Okay. It to him. A, yeah, I, when he held up the sign, I I looked at it for a second. I said, "Man, that's fucking hilarious." He's like, "Yeah." It's like we saw him at uh, Wrestle Kingdom. We're like, who the fuck is this guy? But then I, I don't know why we all just like really liked him for some reason. <laughs> so it was him and a few of his buddies. Yeah, I thought it was funny. Um, and then when they were they were leaving after the show was over, it's like, hey, you can do you want the Wado sign? <laughs> I was like, no, I got it. <laughs> oh, you would. It would have been funny if you would have had that shit ready for me that, to go at the beginning of the show and just hold it up. Yeah. That would have been fucking hilarious. More Wado. Because I mean, but, he yeah. showed me the sign, but that would been I would have never known if he actually brought it with him. Like that would have been so fucking funny. I would have. Yeah, I, I mean, I would have. I would have turned your cam off, but it would have been funny. I I did explain to the dude. I was like, yeah. So there's a there's like a running not joke. I'm very serious about it, but there's a running thing with my brother and I where every time you know we talk about the best of anything or whatever, I was like, oh yeah, you know, obviously Master Watto, and then name all the real people. Um. So he thought it was funny. Um. 
show itself was good. I I do think it was better than the first Forbidden Door, just as far as match quality and the diversity of the card. Having Omega and Danielson and Okada and you know all that there. Yeah, the guys that weren't injured. Yeah, or that were injured even, last year that aren't not injured this year. Yeah. Yeah, even CM Punk, as much as I you know don't really care for his dude. How crazy that match should not have been as good as it was at yeah, all. Well, it's because nobody fucking liked him. So the crowd was super into it. So they were go they were going hard behind Kojima because it was the guy wrestling Punk. Um, also, Kojima did really well in that match too. So that's what I mean. I'm talking for both of them. I'm literally saying that Kojima's in his fifties, Punk is in his mid forties. That match should yeah. not have been as good as it was. It was a lot of fun there live. Um, the crazy thing is, like, in, even in the pre-show, before it was on air, anything like that, every time the CM Punk graphic would come up, the whole fucking place would just boo. Um, you know what's funny was, about that? The funniest part about that to me is because I thought, as a CM Punk fan, that outside of Chicago, Canada would have been the only place to possibly cheer him because of his love for Bret Hart. Is so it, because he's just so connected with Brett and FTR is connected with Brett or whatever, and they always mention him and stuff, and they're starting to wear the pink and black and stuff. So I was like, if there was any, if there was any, and I feel like Tony Khan might have thought that too. That's why these first fucking four collisions are in goddamn Canada, right? So like this would be a perfect time. You got Chicago first, and then straight to fucking uh, Canada. Then we go to the UK. When we come back, guess where we are again? At all out, we're at fucking Chicago again. To make people think that hey, everybody's cheering them, but Canada said "fuck that shit." That shit was great. So there were there were a couple times where people tried to start CM Punk chants and just immediately got fucking booed down. That was that was fun. Um, and I told you before I went, you said, uh, "Do you think they'll boo him?" I was like, "I don't know if they will, but I will." <laughs> I'll be fucking booing him. But no, like aside from. You know, a couple people trying to start CM Punk chants and immediately getting drowned out. Nobody was really cheering for him. Now, at the end of the match, when he was, you know, helping up Kojima or whatever, I think we all started cheering because we were cheering Kojima, not because we gave a shit about Punk. But, um, yeah, so that was an interesting experience. It was a good match. Um, I felt like, a, I, even when I was doing it, it wasn't like, boo, I fucking hate you, Phil. It was like... It was very much like, you know what? It's fun to boo the guy. It's fun when he plays heel. Let's fucking boo him out of the building because... And he's smart enough to know that as soon as he hears that, he's going to play the heel role, too. He did start to play to it, yeah. Yeah. He looked right up at our section, and we were all fucking flipping him off and screaming at him And at the end of the match when he was up on top of the ropes or whatever. So, yeah. I mean, everybody had fun with it. It wasn't like a fucking nerdy mark, like, fucking hate you, Phil. Yeah, die, feel, die. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was very much like a, a pro wrestling thing. Um, trolling, yeah, it was more trolling yeah. than anything. Yeah, because I mean, we we all did clap a little bit on his on his way out too. Because I mean, it was a good match. Um, so that match was a lot of fun. I think I told you too. My watch was doing the. I don't have it on right now. Yeah, the decibels. Yeah, I saved the picture and I posted it on our Twitter account. Um, I can pull it up right quick. Yeah, I still so have it in my. Hard. I still have it in my photo. So here was the top five. Loudest moments at Forbidden Door. I should have I should have remembered that, and I was going to put it on the fucking. I actually was going to put it on the show so people could see it. Yeah, and I will say, keep in mind too, the watch is only able to measure stuff like in the immediate vicinity, not the whole fucking arena. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Really, so like your section. That's yeah, my yeah. section. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So loudest noises all night. Um, ninety decibels for MJF Tanahashi intros. Yeah. So uh, when they were first coming out and the show was starting, like the crowd was super hot. So both of them, as they came out, everybody was going crazy for. Uh, people 
were really behind MJF um, in a way that I didn't expect at all. But obviously, there was also a lot of like respect for Tanahashi too. So there was a lot of MJF, Tanahashi, let's go Ace, MJF, whatever. Ninety-five decibels. Ninety-five decibels for Eddie Chant during Eddie Kingston's entrance, and ninety-five decibels for the cheering up for Final Countdown for Brian Danielson's entrance. Yep. So as soon as people started realizing what it was, there was like a murmur, like "Oh shit, is that? Oh shit, it's that!" And then as soon as it hit those first chords, like everybody just lost their shit. Yeah, um, same. It was pretty loud when they actually did the the sing along to the words, the Final Countdown to. But I think there's like an internal kind of timeout period on the watch too, where it won't notify you again within whatever amount of time. Yeah, because it already notified you. Like, yeah, yeah, I got you. Um, that was probably actually louder. Yeah, when they actually said the final countdown part. Yeah. Um, what did you think? You finally got an actual fucking chant going for I'm gonna or you're gonna get your fucking head kicked in. How great was that? Mm. It wasn't loud, loud, but I, I, we could fucking actually hear that on the pay per view for the first time, and it was actually in cohesion finally. I didn't hear that at the show. My section was not doing it, and I didn't hear them doing it. But when I went back and watched the actual pay-per-view, I heard it. Um, so I don't, I don't know why we didn't hear it where we were. Um, could have just been the people close to the ring and it didn't spread or whatever. I would have done it if I had heard it, but I didn't hear it. Also, the crowd was pretty burnt out by the Danielson match. Okada Omega took a lot out of everybody. Osprey. And then the, Osprey Omega. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Osprey Omega, sorry. Osprey Omega took a lot out of everybody. Um, so then, obviously, you know, everybody, I felt like everybody really wanted to get into the Okada Danielson match, but like we were just fucking wiped out, man. The, like buff, the buffer the match be with the Sting and Jericho didn't help things, didn't help y'all calm down a little bit. Um, I mean that was a fun match to watch. It was fun to cheer and stuff. Like the Suzuki spots were cool. Everybody went crazy during the um the spot where Sammy's on the ground, Jericho's behind him like this, and then Suzuki's on top of him. Like yeah. that was there was a got a really good pop there. Um and there's a lot of spots in the match too, like Suzuki facing off with Sting and that kind of stuff. I think a lot of the um, Sting almost dying. Yeah, when Naito got into the ring, I think we all expected a little bit more. Like he didn't even. He, I think he tried a Destino and kind of fucked it up. But um, other than that, like Naito wasn't really. He was he was T-shirt Naito, which is what he does on the fucking Road Two shows. He's not like trying that much. He's very much like just not super into it. Which you know, whatever. The eight man tag um, or whatever the fuck. Oh. Yeah, well, yeah, six man, but yeah, like I just, I don't know that that kind of sucked because I I was hoping to see him do a little bit more, but you know, with flights and everything, and then also it being a multi man match, maybe he just didn't really care that much, which is fine. We got next up on the list. You got a hundred decibels for people booing Punk. Yeah, so that was really loud. That's that's what I was kind of getting at. Um, so when he came, when, especially when he started doing the uh the Tenzan chops and stuff. Yeah, yeah, the people Mongolian were, chop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People were not happy with that shit. And it was funny, too, because I was like, oh, shit, I wonder if people here, like, realize what he's doing and why that's fucked up. They did, like, immediately. <laughs> like, the second one. <laughs> they were like, fuck you. Um, yeah, so there was some spots like that. They booed really loud when he started teasing the go to sleep. Um, so Yeah, I mean, he, out, he teased it in a way that he was clearly referencing Kenta, too, by the way. Yeah. yeah that's, yeah. that's clearly how it came across on TV, because... He was holding the pose longer. He was doing it slower to really get the point across type deal. It wasn't like a quick, hey, go to sleep thing, and then I'm going to try it. He was he had a little smirk to it, too, when he was doing it. I feel like those were definitely shots at Kenta. And then you have the number one loudest moment was obviously 105 decibels when Omega kicked out of the one-winged angel at one. Now, that's when I thought the match actually turned around and he was going to fucking actually win it again, and I was going to be right. 
Um, however, that did not happen, of course. But I mean, that was fucking crazy. Now that that watch might have been picking up me. <laughs> I lost my shit, dude. I think the whole section. I, so the whole night, obviously, there were times during matches where we like stood up, like to watch, or because we were like super engaging or whatever, and everybody was like standing up in the arena to watch it, or like giving standing ovations or whatever. That was the one time that night where everyone jumped out of their seat like a fucking like involuntary reaction, because everybody just. I did too. Like I just popped the fuck out of my seat, like screaming. Um, that was wild. I love that spot. Uh, everybody loved that spot. I love and it too, it as long as they keep doing out. it three years apart and not fucking every. I, I'm hoping people don't start doing that shit all the time now because of him. Yeah. I feel like that might be something that we see now more often, and it's gonna not be as cool after like the yeah. third time. I could definitely see WWE doing that shit with like Rollins or something. Like it's just that's how they do. Um, but yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was a really well-planned spot. Crowd reacted super, super well to it. It was a great show. Um, so those were your loudest moments of the night. The other thing I wanted to ask you about, um, let's go ahead and just, well, we'll throw our, I don't even, I didn't reckon, I didn't replace the, uh, prediction. So I don't know where the fuck they're going to show up. Cause I made our pictures bigger now on the new thing, but here's the new updated prediction records. Oh, that's not too bad. That's fine. I'll lower it eventually, but those are our new prediction records for 2023. 73 and 18 for me, 70 and 21 oh. for Ryan. Um, what, were we, what were we last week? Or two weeks ago? Two, two apart? Yeah, I only gained one on you. Okay. I got the, the El Phantasma one really helped me. Yeah, and then I, well, I got the Osprey one, right? So. Correct. But, but I, I, I also BCC. got... Huh? I picked BCC, right? So did I. Oh, okay. Well, fuck, what do we get? Different. I will tell you in a second. As I pull up your message. Um, here we go. Luckily, we don't text that much. Mm -hmm. So it shouldn't be too far up. <laughs> Probably just search your messages for BCC and it'll show up. That's fine. I got it right here. Alright, so we both picked Athena. We both picked LIJ. I picked Phantasmo. You picked Stu. We both picked Mogul Affiliates. You picked Osprey. I picked Omega. We both picked Danielson. We both picked Sonata. We both picked MJF. Um, oh, yeah, it was Willow. You picked Willow. I picked uh, Tony Storm. Um, yeah. I think I even said on that, too, in parentheses, that it only would make sense if Mercedes was showing up after. I've got a question for you. Do you think that is a lot... Do you think... Were you shocked that... The two world title matches went 15 and 10 minutes, or whatever the hell they were. They were very short matches. Even with the Cole match being nixed, clearly those no. that, that extra time for the Cole match clearly went to Omega, Osprey, and Danielson, Okada. Good. Um, I wasn't surprised, because um, I always figured the Sonata one would probably be pretty short. I don't think you can tell like a really long story with Jungle Boy Sonata. The story there was obviously going to be the, the hook turn. Um, and MJF Tanahashi, it just... Tanahashi's not going to work a super long match. MJF doesn't want to work a super long match. Having a super long match to open doesn't always make a lot of sense. So no, not really. Um, I, I probably would... I, if, I, if you told me to guess, I would have said they'd both probably be 15. So it came out pretty close to that. Also, um, it wasn't televised even on the 
final hour or whatever for pre-show or zero hour yeah the uh, tom lawler match yeah yeah tom lawler they did have him have a match against uh serpentico before the zero hour even so that was like the warm-up to the warm-up um i guess just to give him something to do while he was there but the crowd was really um cheering for him and stuff too mostly just like we knew that he had come all the way there kind of gotten fucked out of his you know opportunity to have like a big spotlight or whatever on a on a major pay-per-view so um everybody was really cheering him and stuff um what else didn't make it to actual air oh so during the um right before they started the pre-show shit the crowd was like doing a really fucking loud rj city chant when he was standing out there with renee and then um they cut the lights to like start zero hour or whatever and the chant stops and RJ City is just like looking around like what you guys you cut off my fucking chant with the stupid light shit. Like I was getting over. Um and they had to bring the lights back up and I don't think we ever got another one going, but there was like the whole fucking arena was doing an RJ City chant. Um I just watched his negative one hey EW this morning. Oh, I didn't see that yet. Oh I'll yeah. watch it when Um Alright, so Let's get all right. We did prediction records. Let's talk about the Meltzer match ratings that just came out yesterday or the day before. I can't remember which day specifically, but they it's pretty new. But they gave he gave uh Omega Osprey a six stars. So now Osprey has the most five star or over rating. He broke the tie with Masawa, um, which also he did the Tiger Driver 91 in the match, which a lot of people were talking about. Um, I mean, he gave I... go ahead. The reaction to that in the crowd was also one of like. No, it was probably the same one I had. We all had it at right here watching it live because it was crazy. I was like, "Holy shit!" Now, um, the funny I thing didn't. Is- I didn't go and go on my keyboard and talk about some. Oh, it's not safe. I I thought it was awesome, but I also flinched and kind of looked away and then looked back real quick and like, "Oh God, damn." Is he alive type deal? But it wasn't like I had to go to the social media and be like, wrestling's not safe. <laughs> now, I, I can tell you that my my involuntarily all our reaction was, Jesus. Everybody else around was, oh, fuck. Oh. <laughs> so we were all pretty fucking worried when it happened. And the angle that I was at was to the left of the hard cam. So we got like the left side angle view on it so it looked a lot worse than it really was because if you were on the right side you actually would have noticed that he mostly took it on his left shoulder um not his neck so his neck goes forward but he mostly takes it like here he doesn't take it on the back of his head like it looked like um so i was glad to see that when i was rewatching it i was like okay that wasn't nearly as fucking bad as it looked from where i was um it still didn't look comfortable but uh it looked a lot safer than uh than i thought it did I didn't have a problem with the spot, though. Yeah, me either. Uh, all right, so here's the match ratings from Meltzer, all right? So he gave Mogul Embassy versus Chaos, three and a fourth. Athena versus Billy Starks, two and a fourth. Phantasma versus Stu Grayson, three and a fourth. LIJ versus United Empire, three and a half. MJF and Tanahashi, three and a fourth. Punk and Kojima, four stars. Uh, Cassidy versus Zack Sabre Jr. versus Daniel Garcia versus Shibata, four stars. Sonata versus Jungle Boy, three and three, four stars. Um, the Elite and Eddie Kingston and Ishii versus uh, BCC, four and three, four stars. So almost a five star rating. Tony Storm and Willow, three and a fourth. Uh, Kenny Omega and Osprey, six. Sting, Darby, and Naito versus Les- 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 Suzuki Gods, three. And Brian Danielson versus 
Okada, he gave it a 4.75. He, he rated the Sting six-man lower than the Stu Grayson match? Yes. By huh. a fourth of a star, yeah. Okay. I guess. I... Okay. It could be because I mean, he was burnt out too at that point. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe. I know he. Re I know he usually goes back and rewatches it like we do, as well. I mean, crowd was going pretty crazy for LP. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if I would say that match was better. Were you disappointed okay. with the Danielson Okada match? Did you think it was going to be better than it was, or was I mean, it what you I pretty much expected? A lot more of it made sense, but I thought the match was good. I think everybody was really surprised by the ending. Um, Okada just tapping out like that. Like, when you look at it, I'm like, yeah, he doesn't fucking have a way out of that. And then, as I'm thinking, like, how the fuck is he going to get out of that? He taps. I was like, oh, <laughs> I guess he's fucking not getting out of it. Um, it seemed like a really sudden ending, but, you know, knowing what you know about Danielson's arm being broken. Yeah, well, he said in the sense. scrum or whatever, he's like, yeah, that was not how that was supposed to go <laughs> those last 10 minutes were not supposed to go that way. Yeah, I think the immediate little conversation murmuring around afterward was like, I don't think that was the original ending. And, of course, you find out later it wasn't and that he had broken his arm on the uh, Okada elbow dropping him. You see the x-ray so, of that shit? Like a clean break, too? Ugh. Yeah, it was like, yep. It looked, uh, I mean, that's good, though. It's, like, easier to heal. So, um, He's supposed to be out six to eight weeks. We're actually going to talk about that later um, with the blood and guts thing. But, okay, so Meltzer ratings... Prediction records. You're obviously our favorite match was Okada. I mean, uh, Omega and Osprey. Mm -hmm. Um, but what is your overall grade? So we're giving it. We're obviously, we just said it was the best show of the year, right? Yeah. So is there any way it's not an A plus then? I don't think so. I mean, top to bottom, it was a really good card. Every there was no there were no bad matches. Um, there were a couple matches where if you didn't have them on the card, it wouldn't have made like a huge deal or anything, but. I thought it was a really good show. Uh, you know, we didn't even talk about the fucking the uh, four way, but I thought that was a really good match too. The international title one. Um, I, I was just super annoyed that Garcia was in it instead of Samoa Joe because I like if I'm booking that, like I had no problem with the match. Don't get me wrong, I liked the match. Even Garcia was fucking hilarious in it. But if you would have put Samoa Joe in that spot, like I originally had said that I wanted it to do, um, <laughs> and have four titles on the line. And then had it, had it be like a guaranteed, there's going to be a guaranteed double champion coming out of this. I think a lot more people would have been more invested in that match before it started. I think with, yeah, with it only being one title, I think it was pretty obvious that Cassidy was going to win. I'm pretty sure we both predicted him too, yeah? Correct. So, um, yeah, that did hurt it a little bit because you were just waiting for the spot where Cassidy was going to win. Um, but I feel like the, the interactions that happened in the match were really good. I, I mean, I just... I can't complain too much about it. It was it was a little bit predictable, but there were other predictable matches on the card too, and we didn't complain about those. So, um, like I, I don't think anybody thought Danielson was losing. I don't think anybody thought that. Um, uh, um, MJF was losing. So, you know, I mean, or Sonata, like so. There were definitely other predictable matches. Uh, it's whatever. I think they were more predictable when you when you see Sonata's match and you knew Sonata wasn't losing a jungle boy for the IWGP heavyweight championship. So then it you know they had to get the W back somewhere else. So of course Okada was going to be the one to drop to Danielson. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, but I mean MJF won too, so it's like. Yeah, I know, but Osprey beat Omega. Yeah, but that's for. That so was pretty. That, but that's for a New Japan title that, like Omega is. I but still, Omega is. But AEW, Omega but is like, Omega, dude. Like I don't care. He yeah. took the L in Canada. Well, yeah, that's for Osprey to take his L in the UK, maybe. We'll see. I I have been saying that I wanted to be four matches the whole time. This is not how I wanted it to go. I wanted Omega to win here and then Osprey to win in at Wembley, but hey, whatever. I did too. But do you think do you think they have Osprey fucking lose in the UK? That Nope. I do not, but I do think they're gonna fight a third time. That'd be fucked up. <laughs> That's yeah. a lot of people that you're about to be pissed off. I, I hey, just don't look, see that happening. Judging on money in the bank, you know, them being hometown doesn't really mean that much if the other person's super over. Because they were definitely cheering for LA Knight over fucking Butch. So I don't know, you could always spin it and do not even a singles match at um all in. You could all you could always have something happen where BCC is attacking Omega after something and Osprey comes out to save him and it could set up Omega and Osprey on the same team for the first time ever at Wembley. Uh maybe. I, I'm thinking about going to Boston. By the for way, the- for the blood and guts. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in a minute. But uh, did you, were you surprised at how, like, because I was, that's why I'm asking. Um, the scrum, mm-hmm. I should not be liking Osprey as much as I liked Osprey after the scrum, but he came off very well in the scrum. Well, I mean, he's getting older. He's getting a little bit more mature. He's not saying as much stupid shit. Doesn't have Twitter brain. Um, was, had some more experience in the industry and around more mature people now, too. So, you know, it's not surprising to see that he's getting more likable as a person than he was maybe three, four, or five years ago. Um, But I did notice in the sense that, like, I felt like he was a lot, he was coming across as a much more mature person than he has, you know, in the past. Speaking of mature people, the most mature person probably in AEW, how the fuck do you wrestle with a broken-ass arm for 10 minutes against Okada? Cheer, or like, hang out, (laughs) hang out and fucking celebrate with people. Then go back there and do the fucking scrum and just be in a fucking good mood the entire time. I don't understand that. That can't be me. It could not be me, dude. I would have been in a badass mood. I don't know how the fuck Danielson does that shit. Because you don't get paid millions of dollars. (laughs) There are people that do get paid millions of dollars that are not happy all the time. No, I would say, okay, so that's something he really loves doing. He just, he finally got like a dream match of his, even if it didn't go off the exact way that he wanted to. He's got a lot of input in the actual creative process now, if you listen to what a lot of different inside people are saying. Um, and then, you know, he I mean, just put on the main event of a major pay-per-view, like, you know, a broken arm, probably adrenaline taken over a little bit, excitement taken over a little bit. I'm sure it hurt like a motherfucker, but, you know. Um, it is. I I do always enjoy his press conferences though, because I'm always I I always remember that. Well, uh, he actually answers that, questions the way you want them to be answered. <laughs> that, but I also remember the interview he gave that one time where he's like, "Yeah, Cody Rhodes taught me how much fun it is to lie." So then every time he says some shit like, "Oh yeah, I'm reading like three books at a time right now and whatever," I'm just like, "Cody Rhodes teach you to lie about this, or do you mean like I'm technically reading three books because I've started three books and then you know it's just uh, I like uh." I like trying to figure out what he's just saying to fuck with people. Maybe not that one at all, but it, it does add an interesting dynamic to his interviews. Um, but no, yeah, he came across really well, too. Osprey did. Danielson did. Um, Tony Storm is always a little bit too much in character for me during these. 
But I don't yeah. mind it because she, but, as a yeah, baby face, she it. has no character as a baby face. So like, right. I'm cool with this because that shit. She was. I mean, I laughed multiple times during her fucking scrum. Like mm-hmm. she, she is a. I think she comes off her character. That character wouldn't come off well on a TV show, but comes off really well in the scrum and gives you a better idea what her character is supposed to be during the TV show. Like she doesn't have enough time to do all the. Uh, witty comebacks and the sarcastic remarks and shit, which I thought were all fucking hilarious, and she did. She had great comedic timing, but that's not the kind of comedic timing that translates well on a fucking two-hour TV show when you have five minutes. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't have a problem with that. I thought that was fucking hilarious. Um, plus, it's a nice change of pace too. So like, if everybody else is gonna be serious and you have one person in character, I'm cool with that, honestly. Yeah. Because uh, even hater, even a hater after she won the title and. She was technically still a heel and she was getting questions about her, uh, the fans supporting her and all this other stuff. She was still like half in character too when she was doing that scrum. So, yeah, that's true. I actually prefer somebody be straight all in character or not all in character than half and half because it's, it's, it comes off weird. Because Jay did that one time too and the interview was great and she gave great answers. But it'd be like one question she'd be in character and the other question she'd answer it honestly. And I'm sitting oh, like, eh, bitch here. Oh, I'm just so happy to be here. <laughs> yeah. Um as Jericho's press conferences to me are always a little too not in character to go the other way with it. Well what about like this he, one? This one was in character. <laughs> yeah. He yeah, well this one was, yeah. But normally when he's actually at the table, he's he's normally like he's pulling back the curtain a little bit too far for me. Like he'll go back there and like right after the match with Moxley, talk about like, oh yeah, me and Moxley were planning this like two months ago. Like, bro, the match just happened. Like, let him fucking breathe a little bit before you start yeah, that telling part. everybody what you're yeah, up to. Yeah, like save that for your podcast or a book or something. Don't do that right now. Right yeah. after we just watched it, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm surprised you guys didn't see it. Well, okay, but we see it now, so we'll talk about it and we'll we'll do the lore for you. You don't have to just come out there and just ruin it for everybody. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. So we both give it an A plus forbidden door review. Uh, would you agree with most of those ratings besides the Stu El Phantasmo versus the Six Man? Most of those are pretty good, right? Uh, I mean, I feel like his scale is a little high now. Um, in the sense that, like, I feel like what used to take what used to what it used to take to get like a three point five is a lot less now as far as like match quality or whatever so i just i don't know i'd probably well i mean back by like half a star. because they're opinion based obviously i mean we already know that this isn't the end all be all we're not uh we don't have the holy bible of dave Meltzer over here that we swear on or anything i have disagreed with dave Meltzer many times i get my own star ratings all the time um i feel like most of these were pretty spot on i do i do agree with you that he does seem to get a little bit higher but i can't fault him for that because if you're there or you're watching it live and there's so many things that can alter something to make it higher than what it actually is. Like the crowd, like you mentioned. If you go watch a fucking five-star match and the crowd is shitty the entire time and don't realize what the fuck they're watching, it hurts the match. It hurts the match rating. It's no longer a five-star match rating. So if you took a three-star match and you put it in front of a fucking five-star crowd, that might bump it up to a four or 4.5. All these things matter, I think. It's funny, too, because you mentioned Brian, you know, cheer, uh, celebrating with the crowd and all that stuff. He also cut the post-match promo after everything went off the air. So he was the one in the ring holding his fucking arm, talking about, oh, you guys have been such a fucking hot crowd all night, and, like, I love coming here, and blah, 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 like, all that shit. Um, but I think even he said something along the lines of, I don't think I've ever had a four- or five-hour show where the crowd has been so hot all the way through. Like, it's, you know. 
Um, so yeah, it, de it definitely does help all the matches to to have a very engaged crowd, I guess. I don't know, a plus, um, a plus show, the best show of the year so far. Speaking of hot crowds, though, we do need to move on and we'll talk about Money in the Bank. That crowd was fucking on fire as well. I think it helped the show immensely, especially because the first two matches pissed me the fuck off, which we're going to talk about right now. Money in the Bank 2023 in London at the O2 Arena happened yesterday. Um, we didn't have any predictions for it because we were busy. Um, my overall grade for it is a B plus. Um, so the first match was the um, men's Money in the Bank, mm -hmm. which everybody and their mom and their fucking grandma and their dog knows that it should have been L.A. Night. It was fucking Damien Priest that won, and I don't give a fuck what anyone says. Someone said, oh, he's been killing it lately. He deserves it. No! His best match is against fucking Bad Bunny, and he fucking sucks on the mic. Still. He hasn't gotten any better on the mic. He's terrible. He messes up Whoa. every fucking time. Whoa. No, he's awful. Whoa. I don't give a fuck what story you're talking about with Whoa. him and Finn Balor breaking up from the fucking Judgment Day. There's hey. zero reason that it should not have been L.A. Knight yesterday winning the money in the bank i agree that la knight should have won but i think it's fucked up to say that damien priest sucks on the mic he's not oh no he sucks on the mic i'm not he's budging not off of that, that. he he's is awful he's awful not he's not that bad i will fucking send you so many goddamn clips of him fucking I, up he I is understand. awful he's not that bad he's, he's, he's not, terrible he is that listen, bad he's not mjf but like he's not awful He's just—he's awful. I think he's like normal. I think he's normal on the. No, board. he's not. Normal is Dolph Ziggler. No, Dolph Ziggler is good on the mic. Okay, good is normal. Good is not fucking normal. That's why they have promo class. Dude, Damian Priest fucking sucks on the mic. Sucks. I disagree. I don't think he's that bad. Logan Paul um, is better than him on the mic, and Logan Paul's been in the business for a fucking cup of coffee. Logan Paul has to fucking entertain in YouTube videos for the last, like, 50 fucking years. Damien Priest like, didn't know he was going to have to talk when he got into the wrestling business? That's way different. The no, it's not. Content, no, it's not, dude. No, it's not. He sucks. The he amount sucks. of content that Logan Paul produces is so much different and, like, so much long-form shit, so much, like, giving speeches, giving off-the-cuff improv stuff, especially with, like, podcast shit and whatever. He's just got more experience talking. That's not a fair comparison. No, it is a um, fair comparison. He sucks. I don't think it is. Damien Priest like, is he... terrible on the mic. Okay. And he's, um, he's probably, besides Jack Swagger, the worst talker that's ever won Money in the Bank. Fucking brutal. Mm. Ah, there's gotta be one worse. Come on. Worst talker? Yeah, let's look up. I don't even like Austin Theory, and I think Austin Theory's better on the mic than fucking Damian Priest. Let's see. Mr. Kennedy, you think was a better talker? Yes! No fucking way. You're fucking out of your goddamn mind! Alberto Del Rio? Nah, he's pretty bad. Yeah. But he ain't fucking Damian Priest bad. He ain't saying the wrong fucking pay-per-views. Otis! Otis is a great talker. I love Otis. He's I mean, as a Money in the Bank winner, no, he's worse as a Money in the Bank winner, but he's a better talker, no, yes. As a talker, no fucking way. Braun Strowman, yes! you think he's a better talker? I mean, when he won it, what was he? Was he actually talking when he won it? <laughs> At the point, I mean, there was a, there was a time where he wasn't saying anything, so I, I can't, I can't compare that. Okay, well, I'm gonna go ahead and say Braun Strowman's not a better talker than Priest. Otis is not a better talker than Priest. 
Mr. Kennedy, Otis is a better talker than Priest. Not, he's not. Oh my god, do you even watch the show, dude? Priest is terrible. He's not that bad. You think? Do you think? Brock anyway, Priest shouldn't have won. It doesn't matter. Priest should not have Brock, won. Do you think Brock Lesnar is a good talker? Uh, when he wants to be, I don't think he cares. Mm. I don't think he cares enough. If he needs What's to put something memorable? over, I think he cares enough for it to be a good talker. Yes, but no, What's he messes up his. He does, he's never messed up the goddamn paper. What is, what is the most memorable Brock Lesnar promo that wasn't someone talking to him? Or memorable because his voice cracked? Are you going to sit there and tell me a memorable Damian Priest promo? Please do. All of them. I remember F all. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Second match also pissed me off. Second match was also dumb. It was the women's tag titles being defended. I don't. I'm not saying that I'm. I'm actually don't hate Ronda as much as everybody else here. Um, everybody else here, <laughs> just the rest of you. But anyway, yeah. or online for that matter. But how dumb! I know that people are not going to cheer Ronda. I know this. Okay. okay, as a person that doesn't hate Ronda, I know she's not going to get cheered by the WWE audience. Why in the fuck would you randomly have Shayna Baszler turn on her mid-match and come off like the heel, knowing damn well people are not going to cheer Ronda Rousey? That makes no sense. And then everybody online talking about some, oh, Shayna's, I'm glad Shayna finally turned face. Do you know how faces and heels work? Ronda Rousey did nothing to Shayna leading up to this fucking pay-per-view that, that would assume that we need to see Shayna turn on fucking Ronda Rousey right here. Okay. None. I don't know. This is two years too late for that story. I don't know why they didn't book it so that Ronda's the reason they lose the match and then have the turn if they're going to do that at all. Like, it was very weird to me. Well, you could have had Ronda try to blame Shayna for the loss and then yeah. Shayna turn and then she could have been faced. Or you could have just had Ronda and Shayna switch roles in this fucking match and have Ronda turn on her magically. Yeah. I. What the fuck? You know Ronda's getting fucking booed coming out of this. There's no way people are cheering fucking Ronda over Shayna Baszler. It was a stupid fucking call. I don't have a problem with Liv and Raquel winning the titles back because they never lost them because Liv got hurt or whatever. I don't have a problem with that. I also do have a slight problem with every fucking tag team that wins these titles is like, oh, we're going to elevate the tag division that doesn't exist. And then you literally fucking break up and lose the titles right after. But that's more of a yeah, Vince thing. It's making a, a very thin division even thinner. Um, so clearly they're have... building up for Ronda versus Shayna at SummerSlam instead of next year's WrestleMania. So... We both. I mean, that's clearly what they're doing. You wouldn't have pulled the fucking trigger that fast out of nowhere. That made no fucking sense if that's not what was. What, that's not what's happening here. Yeah, but they could be doing like a six month thing. No, they're not. Thing. Not right before fucking SummerSlam. You could have done this at SummerSlam if that was the case. No, a that's bigger I mean. fucking I mean, stage. They're, they're gonna have the SummerSlam match, but then I think it's building to probably an eventual like WrestleMania. No, I don't know about that. That's that's too long of a few that nobody wants to see. That's gonna bring down Shayna. Uh. If people, I mean, if people really want to see her beat the shit out of Ronda, maybe not. I don't know. It's, I didn't, I don't like the way that they did it. I think that doesn't make any sense. It's completely illogical within the confines of. It was, it was terrible. Oh, I was so pissed. Work. I was like, I, I don't, I literally don't have a problem with any one of them turning on each other. As long as it was Ronda that comes out looking like the heel. It doesn't make any sense the way that they did it. I don't have a problem with Liv and Raquel winning the titles from them. Even though I still think that was kind of 
too soon too because you literally just had uh ronda and Shayna talk about how they were going to elevate the division i hate when they keep doing that shit they did it with uh they did it with bailey and sasha when they fucking won the first ones they did it with the iconics they did it with fucking um i don't think the iconics ever said they're going to elevate the division <laughs> they did it with uh sasha and bailey again they did it with um ronda and Shayna this time they've done it with uh oh my god uh naya and uh Shayna. in fact they probably had the best the run they had probably had the best run with the titles out of anybody um i think saraya when she was the fucking uh manager for the kabuki warriors i believe she said it on the mic one time that they were gonna fucking run the division and make it a make it a big thing and they didn't so i'm like I'm like, I'm tired of hearing that fucking storyline, and that's like the only storyline you got going for you in the women's division with two tag teams, and then you don't even do that. And then we just split up another tag team that just finally formed and got the tag titles that they've been wanting to do forever, apparently. That was reported that Ronda Rousey went to management was like, we want these, and we're trying to do something with them, and then you fucking cut it like that. So dumb. So dumb. I mean, what she was trying to do with them was build to this one-on-one story. And it makes sense, because if you look at the tag team division for women historically, um, but th- I'm just saying that's that's fine, but this wasn't the time to pull that trigger though. Being in a tag team together is the best way to end up in a one-on-one feud with someone. <laughs> so. In WWE, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking terrible. So. Then they finally got on track, and the rest of the pay-per-view was really good. I didn't have really any complaints. Um, Gunther retained over Matt Riddle, which thank God because I was like, dude, I swear to God, it. I told Christina, I was like, dude, if fucking Riddle wins this shit, I'm going to throw my goddamn remote through the well, TV. As soon as he came out with the ankle injury i was like okay they're giving him enough that's whatever um then it was i don't remember what i don't remember the order after that but the main event was cody. thankfully not cody versus dominic so cody beat dominic which everybody and there was actually people that thought dominic was going to win this and that was going to main event stop listening to fucking zero news he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about gonna fucking why the it. fuck would cody versus dominic fucking main event on this show wait that's the dumbest shit i've ever heard say that holy shit that's hilarious i thought there's no way. There's no way he said that. Are you serious? He said they were going to main event? So Cody wins in that match. And then fucking... Um, no, no. He said they're advertising it with three main events. No, they didn't. I watched the show. There was no triple main event re- reference in the entire show. He's a liar. He doesn't I, know what the fuck I, he's talking about. I'm okay, but what I thought that you were saying that he said was that like there was, was a the report. It might not be from him specifically, but there's a report that they was gonna go on last. I read the fucking thing. I read it myself. That's just looking at his tweet here. That's not what his. Tweet yeah, that's said. fine. But triple main event still a lie too, because they never fucking mentioned triple main event or not, even double main event. Not trying to defend him because he's a fucking idiot. I've never seen him say anything that was like even remotely close to accurate. That wasn't clearly just a guess that we've made better guesses on too, but. Just from this tweet, it doesn't look like he said they were going on. All you have to do is have common sense and we get more shit right than he does, but whatever. Um, Anyway, the women's Money in the Bank ladder match was fucking, I thought, was the best ending to a possibly any Money in the Bank, but definitely a women's one. The Io Io Shirai, they set up the fucking handcuffs perfectly. So Zoe Stark and Trish get one thing of handcuffs on Becky and they're going to try to uh, put her on the turnbuckle and she gets out of it. Later, that comes into play because Bailey's trying to stop Becky from climbing up the ladder and tries to reach through. And then all of a sudden, EO comes over there and hooks Becky and Bailey together through the ladder. And then EO goes up and climbs over Bailey to get the 
to get the uh, briefcase. It was I thought it was fucking great. Loved how that came back into play later. Um, so that match was really fucking good. Um, Zelina had a crazy fucking code red spot off the ladder, through a ladder, or on a ladder, rather. She bounced off way fucking high. Um, so I really liked that match. Um, what do you think of um, Stratus in the match? Because when I was watching it, I was like, it's not like it's not like she did a lot of ladder matches coming up, right? So it kind of made sense that she was having a little bit of trouble doing some of the ladder spots. I wasn't. I, I've been hard on her um, about. Yeah, I thought she did okay because they kept her out of harm's way, basically. Yeah, but I feel like she did as okay as she could do in this match. So I, I, I won't talk too much shit about this one. Dude, I think she's. I mean, she's still in obviously great shape. She can still move yeah. around. She's not walking around like fucking Matt Hardy or anything. Right. So. Like she's got that going for her, so she can still do a really good match. It's not like it's not like she has to be in there with um okay, for instance, and I don't want to say this out loud because I love Tanahashi, but it's not like Tanahashi can only have a good match with MJF because it's MJF carrying it. Right. Trish can still get in there and be just as good as a Becky Lynch or just as good as a Bailey at any given point. So like it's I definitely, it's it's, no one's coming out of the match. Oh, well, how about this? No one's coming out of the match saying, oh, Becky really carried that match. It's not a Charlotte okay. fucking Shotzi okay. situation. Yeah, yeah, I, I can agree with that. I would say that if, if you were to put them in tiers, like one is definitely A and one is definitely Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree with that, yes. Right. Like, if we did a tier list right now, Trish is probably C. Right. Yeah, yeah which, okay. that's fine. But I do believe she could carry a match with someone not, like Dana Brooke or something like that. She's not not top dollar and out there yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah bottom dollar more like it um anyway uh, flop dollar. uh what's the oh man michael cole on the mic against that dude is hilarious by the way God, i man. love michael cole so much more today than i did <laughs> <laughs> when he first took over jim ross's position yeah. anyway um what else what else what else was there what am i missing i'm missing another big match oh the civil war but we'll get to that seth rollins well rollins and yeah rollins and uh finn balor well, it's pretty much what I expected it to be. Um, it was okay. Um, it set up the the priest Finn Balor thing going forward. Um, so what? What's it look like you to you? Priest is gonna take over Judgment Day? No, I think they're gonna kick Priest out, and the they're gonna replace him with that fucking Jordan Devlin dude. JD McDonough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. Yeah. Finn Balor yeah. light. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like Finn is. Um... Finn does so well as a face that I feel I, like... I agree with that, but that's not how they've been setting this up. They've been clearly setting this up as fucking Finn is the heel. Yeah. Yeah, I, I understand. I just... The, I'd, the I'd little... much rather see Finn Balor go back face as well, honestly. Because yeah. I think Priest would be a better heel. Balor's a better face. Priest just turned heel not that long ago. Like, he was face with Bad Bunny, then turned heel, and then went against Bad Bunny. Why the hell are we going to turn him right back face again? Yeah. Here's the real question. Why the fuck didn't he cash in? That's a great question as well. But here's my thing. And this is, this is one of the main reasons why I was so pissed about Priest winning. Everybody was, well, not everybody, but some people were like, oh, yeah, he deserves it. He's been killing it lately. Fucking Damian Priest is goddamn 40. Finn Balor is 41. And LA Knight's sitting there, talking back some, why is everybody acting like 40? My, my 40 is fucking so old that I can't be pushed. But these motherfuckers are getting a world title shot and a money in the bank briefcase. Because his 40, maybe not for Balor, but his 40 compared to Priest's 40 has a lot more fucking mileage on it. Because he's been wrestling for a long time. Man, you got to... F but he's not hot. 
LA Knight is. You pull I'm the not, trigger what, when the crowd is hot. Why are you arguing with me like I fucking wanted Priest to win? I'm explaining I'm my point. I'm explaining the difference in their ages. Like I don't I care. That has nothing 40. to do with what the fuck I'm trying to say. It's just all. It's a. It's more miles on a forty. Like Ric Flair at forty had a lot of fucking miles on him, and you know DDP at forty less. So that's. I think that's the difference. Well, it's because DDP didn't start wrestling until he was thirty six. Exactly. That's my point. <laughs> no shit. He had less. Well, when did Priest start? I don't fucking know. But he was in. He wasn't. You know, like he was in Ring of Honor for ten years. He wasn't in Ring of Honor that long. No, that I, that's my whole point is that he doesn't have as much mileage on him as LA Knight does. That would make my point to push LA Knight now. No, no, no. I'm Before the mileage runs out. I'm explaining to you why LA Knight is seen as an old guy, whereas Priest isn't really seen in the same light, even though they're the same age. Terrible. Terrible. Knight terrible has a strategy. Lot of mileage on his nah, that's dumb. That doesn't make any sense. Okay. I will say that this, I will say this. Damien Priest probably doesn't have as long of a career as LA Knight, despite the mileage, just because he's a tall. Tall as fuck guy, kind of like a Kevin Nash or a Sid or whatever. He's only going to take the, one knee injury, and he's probably never going to be able to recover. The Great Dane problem, yeah. <laughs> and tall motherfuckers, they just. Um, and then of course, let's get to the Civil War. Let's talk about the Civil War. So, Civil War, the Usos won it. Um, for this, this is, and I agree with Phil Lindsay of um Rhapsody. 100%. This was Jay's moment. There is no Jay winning the world title from Roman Reigns. Sorry to burst everybody's bubble. They did this because this was Jay's moment. He's going to go right back to the Usos. He's going to be in a tag team. He's going to get a title shot. Don't get me wrong. He's going to get a title shot. Probably at SummerSlam, but he's not going to win. So anyone that thinks that Jay Uso is winning at SummerSlam, you're wrong. This is clearly being set up to be Cody versus fucking Roman again, which no one wants to see. Which means the only way that they would be able to happen, by the way, is if Cody won the goddamn Royal Rumble twice in a row. Because he's on Raw. Which I don't want to see. Because I think the moment's passed. Let him. Have him come out number one this time. Saying the whole time. He win. None of that number 30 fucking free ride shit. Yeah, I mean, that that would be a cool way to play it for Roman and, and Heyman's perspective, right? Yeah. But then, does that really help or hurt Cody with the fans, though? Because it's like, okay, now we know he's going to fucking win at number one. We're yeah. going to be fucking pissed. And Tate try to take over the show type deal. Because it's like, if if Cody is trying to challenge him, and he's like, nah, man, you're on fucking Raw. I was like, I was like well, I'll just win the Royal Rumble. He's like, well, I'm still not going to give you a shot. But how about this? I'll give you a shot if you come in at the Royal Rumble at number one. If you can la- literally last 29 other dudes, then I'll agree. And I'll put the titles on the line at WrestleMania. Because the way that they built up Paul and Roman, it actually is not that far-fetched to think that he has that much stroke in the fucking company to yeah. be able to do that. So it's not like... Especially, too, since uh, one of the things that Hunter said when he was unveiling the new belt is that, like, you know, Reigns is kept onto it by, you know, politicking and whatever. It, like, he explicitly said it. So the implication is obviously they do have some kind of pull even in storylines. So, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well... Especially now that they're walking out with these three fucking titles. It's like, if I no-show WrestleMania, it's going to look really fucking stupid on your part. So you're going to have to do what the fuck I say type deal. I love that they made a new belt to represent both belts. And he's just like, nah. I'm just going to wear all three. <laughs> stupid. So dumb. Um, all right. So the match was awesome, though. The tag team match was really good. Um, 
Imagine if Sonata came out with the new IWGP and then the two old ones, just the Intercontinental and the the old World one just on his shoulder. Jesus. Well, isn't ain't that what Okada did? Okada went back and got the old World one, old World old World one or whatever when he won the G one. Um, I think so. Anyway, so um, okay, so a lot to digest here. I mean, it was a good match. Um, really don't know where they're going with the solo aspect of it. I guess we'll find out on SmackDown if Roman tries to blame Solo or not for him losing. Um, that was a really good match. What? He's the one that told him to go through the table. Yeah, I know, but that don't mean Roman ain't gonna try to fucking blame him either. Roman's the one that took ate the pin, which is the whole reason that Jay's about to get a title shot in the first place. Um, yeah. I so we we were just praising Cole a second ago because we love when he hates on Top Dollar, but I do feel like it um it hurt the ending of the match a little bit when the commentary team kept making a a really big deal out of um like Reigns. Uh, like saying she's like, oh, he's gonna get away with it again, like whatever. Like it was to me like way too leading into, oh no, Reigns is actually taking the pin here. Um, and I don't know if that was, I don't know what it was, but like everything that they did to try to to be like, oh, Reigns is, he hasn't been pinned, like he's gonna get away with it again, like he's, you know, blah 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 after the ref bump and all that shit. I was just like, Ugh, you're. You're ruining the ending for me because I know exactly. I didn't. I didn't hate it because I didn't actually know because I really thought that he was going to get away with it again too. <laughs> so I was right there with him. I was like, "This is bullshit, dude." I'm like, about to be so pissed. So when it didn't happen, um, I believe I realized it wasn't. I re- I believe I realized the Usos were going to win and that Roman was going to take the pin when he made uh, Solo go through the table. That's when I really knew. When, when he turned around and then of course we missed the shot because goddamn Kevin Dunn is a fucking idiot when Jay Uso super kicks. Roman. Yeah. And then they start doing that. I was like, oh, Roman's Roman's actually about to lose here. Solo's still on the outside. I was like, that's when I actually knew. I think the kick out of the spear was when I was like, okay. Dude, the kick out of the spear when he hit him in the balls was so good. Yeah. Oh, that was a great, great combo. I hate that Michael Cole and then missed it on the first time and we didn't see it until they played the replay. It was the exact same fucking angle, dude. What are you talking about? What do you mean you missed it the first time? It was literally the same shot that they showed. They didn't show it from a different angle. That was literally what happened. So I was a little annoyed at that because I had noticed it. I was like, oh my God, he just hit him in the ball. So you could see Roman's reaction. He got hit in the fucking nuts. How do you not know what just happened? Oh, I didn't see that the first time. What the fuck? But it was a good match though. And Jay's going to get his shot again. He's not going to win, but it'll be a lot closer than his first time that he went for it. So that'll be something. And the fans are going to be behind him, obviously. What do you think the odds are that they, they pull like a whole fucking Uno reverse on this and... Jay and Roman have the match. It's competitive. Roman wins, but it's like such a tough fucking match that he's just like, you know what? I should have given you guys more respect, whatever, and then brings them back in with the understanding that he'll be like a nicer tribal chief. <laughs> what are the odds of that? Fuck by now. I don't know, man. Yeah, they could do it. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. The only way I see that happen is if like they do a new war games where it's like Kevin Owens, uh, Sami Zayn, and Cody, and then somebody else on the other side against them. Like what? What would be the point to do it? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Because, because when you get to WrestleMania again, and if we really are going the Cody route again, you can't have Cody come out there and Lex Luger this shit or Hulk Hogan this shit, 
and be like, oh, I'm going to go through all four of you fuckers and finally beat them this year when it's the exact same thing as that happened last year when you lost and you had fucking Sammy and KO fucking hit their moves on this motherfucker and you still lost. Yeah. It would, it would, I think it would just generate a reaction like, okay, we're already over this Cody Super Cena type shit. I mean, I already am, but obviously the rest Speaking of, of Cena, what did you like about that? Did you like that? That was pretty fucking unexpected. I mean, I'm pretty sure that was just having him come out to announce that they might do a WrestleMania in. Well, that was how he got the crowd on his side, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I mean, even think I, they're gonna I, I don't see. even think they're gonna do one. They might do forty one over there. I could see it. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think what happened was they see AEW was able to sell. No, that's definitely fans. what I was thinking. Yeah. They they see them running Wembley and then we're gonna go over there and try to sell more tickets than you. We're gonna do it in a couple of years and we're gonna do the same shit. And when yeah. we sell all our tickets, then everybody can be like, Oh, AEW's on the mud. <laughs> <laughs> not them, I mean, just fans of like the drones, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that they would be able to sell it out. Um, so, you know, if they do run that, I, I don't think there's any shot that they don't sell it out, and good for them. But I do think that that's probably what the thought process is right now. They, they saw how well AEW sold with no fucking card announced at all, still two months out, three months out, however long it is. And they're like, yeah, we can run that too. We'll, we'll run that too. Yeah, but my problem with it is that Triple H is fake ass scrum when he was like oh there's a lot of complications and a lot of stuff that goes into it dude you haven't done it forever and AEW just did it within five years you have no excuse it's different so it's not different it's not it is because you've got more money they do but tony khan gets that arena for cheaper because of his connections with the soccer shit well at least tony khan is not a fucking prick or a prick enough to be like, oh, if you let them run, run over here, I'm not going to run here like Vince fucking <laughs> and, used to do. And my soccer team won't come here anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck, dude? Like, that's yeah. that's WWE bullshit that Vince does and still was doing with Madison Square Garden against AEW. But used to do it all the time when him and NWA slash WCW was feuding back in the day. Yeah. So he's not that big of a dick to do that. So, like, let's not act like they can't get the fucking building, dude. Maybe maybe he should. Maybe he should. Listen, I would they fuck love with it. him enough. I know they do fuck with him a lot. I would I, th- I honestly I would not even fucking would. be mad at him, but I don't think he would he do should, it. He should one hundred percent on that. Now you know why they won't run at WrestleMania over here? Because I fucking own this shit, bitch. No, <laughs> <laughs> he just rents it out for every fucking Sunday all year. Just leaves it empty. Fuck it. Y'all can't be there. It's already booked. Oh my god. I booked it this. I booked it this Sunday. GCW is gonna run it. Fuck you. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> fuck. Run RevPro. Just run a RevPro show. Oh fuck. For free. Um, no, I mean, I, I don't know that he has enough sway to do that necessarily, but uh, he might. Who knows? All right, so I gave it a B plus. Uh, do you want to give it a grade, or did you not watch enough of it? I watched it this morning. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, I didn't watch it yesterday while it was happening. I was busy doing Diablo Four shit. I was working on my druid build. Um, Real life shit. Priorities. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, I've been making videos on it to show people that keep asking me how my fucking druid is so survivable. Um, But yeah, so probably like a B minus. And you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go with C, actually, because the men's money in the bank was just the wrong choice. I don't understand how the fuck you look at how hot LA Knight is right now and say, yeah, we want to tell this Damian Priest Finn Balor story. You could tell that story without the money in the bank involved at all. 
So what no, really annoys me the most about it is they had just uh just released a new LA Knight shirt or possibly his first one. I'm not even positive. They released the LA Knight shirt, right? Could you imagine if he won the Money in the Bank, how many of those shirts would have sold because you finally fucking are going with the guy that's actually over? He's over in the in America, right? Then he gets over there, and now he's over on two different continents to that degree, and you still didn't fucking pull the trigger on this man. You know, I okay, so I fucking hate so many wrestling shirts. Um, like the yeah shirts, uh, I would never wear that. Uh, probably wouldn't wear the one with him on it. But these ones that just say like L.A. in his stylized thing. Like, there's a market for that because it doesn't necessarily look like a wrestling t-shirt, you know? Um, it just looks like a shirt that fucking says L.A. on it. So, uh, that one's actually not bad. That's kind of cool. I like the the black one of that. It, I don't I don't get a lot of wrestling shirts, obviously, because mostly I just wear the same fucking black v-neck. I've got two wrestling shirts. One is the Death Triangle one that you cannot tell is a wrestling shirt at all. It looks like a fucking metal band shirt. And I've got the MJF button up because, again, you can't really I'm tell. I'm almost positive there's at least one House of Black shirt out there that looks like that, too. That looks like it's a metal band, and you can't tell that it's fucking a wrestling shirt. I wore the MJF one to uh, Forbidden Door. <laughs> Only a couple of people even realized what it was. So, yeah. Um, there's a Danhausen button-up one that I think I sent you that they were selling, too. Um, it's too graphic for me. The... Uh, Speaking of shirts, my boy, uh, my boy, Cozy Lariat, but he's about to get, he's about to get me to buy him, buy one of his shirts. I feel like his, oh, yeah. yeah, cause oh, he's got the orange one on Pro Wrestling Tees. That's awesome. That says Cozy Lariat on it or whatever. Cozy the Lariaters, whatever the fuck it says. Um, he's about, I'm about to buy that shit because he, just because he liked my tweet, dude, I'm about to fucking buy that shit. That match was so good. I was so surprised by how good that match was. And then I tweeted about it and then he liked the tweet and I was like, you know what? Fuck this man. Kojima's been around a long time. I want a Kojima shirt. Let me see if he's got any shirts and he's got that orange one, the orange and black one. Cause he stole Taz's gimmick and I want to buy that shirt. Um, so I'm, I might be getting that. I'm not sure yet. I don't have a lot of orange shirts anyway. So cozy, the Lariator. Yeah, it's great. It's great, dude. That's definitely some fucking... Yeah, okay. Um, I, you know, I'm surprised New Japan lets them do individual stuff like that on uh, Pro Wrestling Tees. It's interesting. I guess I never really All thought right. about it. So Ryan gave it a C. I gave it a B+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to... That stink shirt's pretty sick. AEW bringing back the Lethal Lottery Blind Eliminator Tag Team Tournament. Um. All right, so the reason I'm bringing this up is they just announced Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland was going to be on the team, which I think is hilarious. And Cassidy and Darby Allen, which uh, ends up being like really good luck for them because they've teamed up together in the past, but then really bad luck for Keith Lee and um, Swerve Strickland on theirs, and they got to go against each other on Dynamite coming up this week, which is hilarious. But, of course, they also have MJF and Adam Cole as a team, which has been great. Dynamite was hilarious when he came out there. Um, with the promo at the beginning of the uh, the show when he had the tag merch, I thought that was a funny ass uh, promo back and forth. But the reason I'm asking this is uh, with a d- very deep tag division already. Do you like this idea, or do you think they should have like kind of done this uh, kind of thing at a later time instead of right now? So okay, I like the concept of it. <clears throat> right now, I think one of the big problems with the execution of it is that it's very obviously not blind. So the reason that this worked in other promotions where they did a similar concept was you would get the one or two off things where it was like, oh, like that's 
that's a pretty funny coincidence that those two people are together because they have history, whatever. Whereas in this one, it's like everybody that ends up in a team just happens to also have like history or something ongoing currently or whatever. Like I'm not, it's a little too deliberate for me, but I do like the idea of it. I think the, I, I think it's going to, um, I think the tournament itself will be interesting. I don't know what they do with Swerve and Keith Lee coming out of this. Um, I don't know. Uh, it'll be cool to see it play out. I don't. I think the execution right now feels a little bit too deliberate, though. I'd love to see Keith. Honestly, I'd love to see Keith Lee and Swerve go all the way and then win the tag titles from MTR. I think that would be the fucking most hilarious fucking storyline and the biggest troll job of all time. Like, dude, they were fucking didn't want to get together. They got together. Then they were going to split up and they decided to stay together. And then they won the tag titles. Then they were teasing and breaking up again. Then they eventually fucking broke up. And then if they get put together in a team because of something that's not under their control and they're like, fuck this, I want gold again because it's, you know, more money and all that other kayfabe shit, right? You get the fucking titles back by going through the tournament together after all the shit you've done to each other. I think would be so fucking good storyline-wise and something that we've never seen before that I would be like, yes, that's, that's a fantastic idea. Let's do that. Um, but I don't think anybody that's coming out of this is going to beat FTR anyway. And they're probably going to go with somebody like Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen or MJF and Adam Cole and get to go against FTR and then end up losing. And I think it's going to be MJF and Adam Cole versus FTR. And then I think that's how they kind of sneak CM Punk back into the MJF bullshit. Uh, yeah, maybe. For that to make sense, though, you'd have to have a third person out there, right? Like somebody helping interfere on behalf of MJF and Cole? Well, I don't think they're going to win the titles, though, so they don't need anybody to interfere. Okay. Yes. I think, FTR, I think FTR keeps the titles. Right, but then why would CM Punk be involved? Because CM Punk is with FTR. I understand, but what's his involvement? Uh, MJF could be going for the dynamite ring or something, and Punk oh, fucking yeah. okay. does something and stops him, and then MJF gets all pissed off because Punk stopped him and they didn't win the titles. Something like then that. Doesn't, doesn't make it literally, it's, you can do anything in wrestling, dude. What? Would it make more sense for Cole to be the one to stop him from using the ring since he's a babyface and they gotta push that program forward? Maybe. I mean, because I do think that he's gonna fight against Cole first, yes. Yeah. For sure. But I don't think Cole's gonna beat him. Mm. Alright, but so I just, yeah, I wanna get your idea or your thoughts on that. I mean, I like the concept of Lethal Lottery as well. I like the concept of Battle Bowl back in the day in WCW too, where you take the, the two random fucking dudes, put them in a tag team. If they win, all the tag teams that win in for the night get put into a battle royal at the end and the fucking uh winner gets a shot at the champion i'm actually going to do that in my pro wrestling sim so everybody knows so it's gonna be fucking awesome i actually have a battle bowl situation um to do that but i just didn't know if, because because like that that made sense in wcw because you had six tag teams tops like you had the nasty boys and harlem heat and you know fucking uh, I don't even think the Steiners were in that one. Um, I'm trying to think of who else was an actual tag team back then. I want because I'm going off the of Battle Bowl '93, I believe. Um, so if you like, actually look at real tag teams that were involved in that, you don't have a lot. Um, like they paired up Ric Flair and Steve Austin together, for instance, and they were never a tag team. Um, Vader and Cactus Jack, I believe, was a tag team in that one. Um, Cactus Jack 
Harley Norris and it says Kane, but yeah. So anyway, but Vader and Katniss Jack were actually feuding at the time, so that's why that was a big deal. So like, if you look at who's like actually in a real tag team, when you have Harlem Heat when they were known as Colin Kane or whatever the fuck they were, and then you got uh, you got the Nasty Boys. Like you didn't have a huge deep division. You had really good tag teams in the division. But, like, this would make a lot of sense in WWE or something with a huge roster and not a lot of tag teams. In AEW, I don't know how I feel about how deep your fucking tag division is and then trying to just throw this in the middle of all that and everything else that you got going on right now, too, with all the pay-per-views and shit. So I thought it was just weird timing, but I don't have a problem with the concept at all. I love it. Any throwback stuff, honestly, I love. That actually makes sense, as long as it's not a fucking... uh, Buff Bagwell's mom on a pole match, I think we're good. Um, Rick Flair and Steve Austin were a team in that. I just said that. I said that early. No, I'm just reading through it. Um, Hawk and Rip Rogers. Huh. Okay. Um. All right. Next up, blood and guts. Ryan was talking about possibly going to TD Garden for this, right? Yeah, I might. It's uh, it's gonna be a Wednesday. So I just have to take off Wednesday and Thursday. Fly into Boston, which is pretty cheap from here. Um, get a room for one night, fly back next day. That's probably not bad. Probably do that. Blood and guts at the TD Garden in Boston. Um, which, okay, so because of this, July 19th, and because of the Own Heart Tournament, and because of the New Japan Strong Tournament, do we feel like these were a lot of dates that Mercedes was going to be at? And then her injury kind of derailed all that shit. Now, I'm not saying that she would be signed to AEW, but like, think about how big this show would have been because it's got blood and guts on it. Think about how big um, the Owen Hart Foundation tournament would have been because a lot of people think or were thinking that it was going to be Mercedes in there instead of Willow because she was the champ or whatever. Forbidden Door it would have been her versus Jamie Hayter if they both didn't get hurt. Do you feel like that is an actual possibility, or do you think this is just coincidence that they're in the TD Garden? Probably just coincidence. Okay. Um, but what I guess the main quote, that's not even the reason I brought this up. The reason I brought this up is because Blood and Guts is actually returning, which is awesome. It's one of my favorite match concepts of all time, which is obviously war games. Um, but Danielson is injured for six to eight weeks, as he noted in the scrum. So does this hurt the match for you? How do you think the teams will stack? Do you think it's going to just be Bucks, Page, and Eddie versus Mox, Claudio, Wheeler? Uh, Mox, Claudio, Wheeler, and Takeshita. Do you think fucking Kenny Omega and somebody else comes up in this bitch to make it five on five? Because that's what it usually is in war games. Uh, so yeah, do you think that, do you think they find a replacement for Danielson so that Kenny Omega can be in it as well? Or do you think they just go with the four on four, et cetera, whatever? They may just do a four on four. I mean, four on four is fine. Um, I, I feel like if you tried to add somebody in just to round it out right now, it wouldn't really make that much sense. Uh, it would feel a little bit forced because you're already kind of shoehorning in Takeshita as it is, right? So... I don't know. Um, the other thing it could do is have Eddie join the other side and then do Ibushi, Kenny, I guess. There's there's ways to, to play around it with for sure. I don't think they have Ibushi debut on a Dynamite, though. Yeah, I don't either. So. Alright. Um, uh, what's your hype levels for the Blood and Guts match, though, because of it being BCC versus the Elite? Depends on who's in it. I mean, it, it's it's that's really what it is. It's just gonna depend on who's in it. So, um, I feel like Omega's gonna be in it, man, because he's got a match against Yuta coming up this Wednesday. 
Right, and it's, that seems like they're building toward that blood and guts, guts match with that. So I, I think he's going to be in it too. Hopefully he's uh, not burning himself out with all these fucking matches. Um, but maybe Eddie's not involved at all? Maybe it's just the Bucks, Page, and Omega versus Mox, Claudio, Wheeler, and Takeshita? That would make sense. Or Eddie could join the other side, and then you have a reason to bring in somebody on BCC side too. So, um, hmm. Interesting. We were both wrong, by the way, picking BCC at Forbidden Door, and the Elite ended up winning. So do you think Blood and Guts is going to be won by BCC this time? I mean, It's, it's usually there. not won by the heels or whoever has the advantage either, but still. It's more their wheelhouse in the sense of like it's a heel match where they can all use weapons and the cage and whatever the fuck, so maybe. I don't know. Um, I don't think they have them lose two in this feud in a row. So that's probably another reason they don't bring back Ibushi for this. You don't bring him back just to lose. I think right. um, I think I think Eddie being involved makes sense. I did love the promo backstage with Eddie and Moxley the other night though where uh where Renee got involved? Yeah, but before that, you you can barely hear it unless, because they're yelling over each other. When he talked about Chikara being 10 years ago, nobody cares. He said, nobody cares about some dumb Chikara feud from 10 years, or dumb Chikara shit from like 10 years ago. And then after that, while Eddie's still screaming over some, it's hard to hear. He says, um, he says, I knocked his teeth out and he's not mad at me. Talking yeah. about when he, yeah, so that was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the problem with that is that fucking Moxley has a point. And he's supposed to be the heel. You're supposed to be going for Eddie, but it's kind of feeling like, yeah, Eddie, you're being a little fucking petty about this shit now. It's like you need to get over it. But that's why people like him, though. He's just it's the ultimate. He doesn't let you go. Yeah, he's just ultimately petty to the uh, end. I'm I'm pretty hyped for it bitch, because I would I would probably be hyped for this even if it was fucking JAS versus Team Sting again, honestly, because I love blood and guts. Yeah, it's a fun match concept. Um. I hope they do the uh, the thing that they did last time too with the what the fuck was it called like Royal Rampage match or some bullshit where it was like a what the fuck was it it was like a big elimination match over the two rings. Um, well, they might because it's going to be set up obviously. No, Royal Rampage Battle Royal. So yeah, it was it was just a battle royal over the two um, things. It was the one where Brody King like hung Darby Allen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the outside. Yeah, yeah. I hope they do that again. That was a cool match. Um. All right. Final hot tag topic it is about the Owen Hart tournament. Um. This is the men's bracket that we have up here because that's what we're focused on. Uh, it doesn't have the updated ones, but we all know who the four that won. CM Punk beat. Kojima at Forbidden Door. Uh, Samoa Joe just won on Collision uh, against Roderick Strong. Dustin Rhodes lost to Powerhouse Hobbs on Collision. And Ricky Starks beat Juice Robinson on Collision. So it's going to be Ricky Starks versus Powerhouse Hobbs on one side and Punk versus Joe on the other. Two huge feuds um, being moved forward or whatever in this tournament. So my question to you is, now that those two matches are set, how do you think this actually is going to be played out? Who do you think wins this? They might set up the uh, Punk versus Hobbs rematch. Um, because that's a callback to one of the very early matches that Punk had, obviously. Um, so you think Punk beats Joe? Yeah, I do. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think Joe might win. 
And the reason I think Joe might win is because of the shit that he's got going on, uh, that Punk has now going on with Jay White. I think Bullet Club Gold might cost Punk his shot to move forward with the Jay White feud. I think if they do that, it would. I understand that Bullet Club Gold has teamed with Samoa Joe and like a six-man and stuff, but I almost think it would make more sense if you're going to do that at all to do it in the final. Um, that way Punk has like the, you took the, you know, you know how much I... Yeah, that way could they could do it to, to that way they could do it to Ricky Starks and Punk back-to-back because -back yeah. they can help Hobbs win the whole fucking thing. So Hobbs beats Ricky Starks with Juice Robinson's help because Juice Robinson and Ricky Starks obviously have a thing going on still and he just lost to him in the first round. And then Punk versus powerhouse Hobbs and then Jay White costs Punk the thing because he wants the fucking title that Punk has in the bag. But the problem with all that to me is is how do you have Punk beat Samoa Joe finally who's never beaten Samoa Joe and it just be in a semifinals match for the Owen Hart Cup. Yeah, but on the other hand, how do you have Punk losing a, a heart themed tournament? <laughs> so um I don't know that I think he wants to win the cup for his own Bret Hart fetishism. Um, so he's probably politicking pretty hard to win. You know who I'm mad at that wasn't in this? I think, I mean, not that I'm saying that Powerhouse Hobbs should not have been in the tournament. I actually would have been okay if we would have moved Hobbs down and put him against Ricky Starks in the first round. I think that would have been cool. But I would love, have loved to have seen because Dustin Rhodes was the only one with a connection to Owen Hart when he was actually alive. Mm -hmm. Guess who else that they have on the roster that is a veteran that was, had a huge connection to Owen Hart? Jeff Jarrett. Why is Jeff Jarrett not in the fucking tournament? He was a fucking tag team champion with them. I think Dustin Rhodes versus Jeff Jarrett in the first round would have been a fucking amazing connection for the Owen Hart thing. I, I would have loved to see that. Yeah. Yeah, that would have made sense. Um, hmm. But then who, who, what do you, who do you take out? Juice? Yeah, yeah, I would take out Juice, but not just because he's the odd man out, honestly. Because you have the connection with Roderick Strong and Samojo, and then because the, you needed a punk match at Forbidden Door because Kenta pulled out, I believe that's why they went ahead and just put Kojima there and said, hey, that's going to be the first uh, Owen Hart Cup match or whatever. Well, also, in hindsight, it was a really good match, so I'm not definitely not taking it out now. <laughs> but yeah, Juice. Okay. Juice would be... Because Juice, hasn't been, Juice just lost to Ricky Starks anyway just a week or two ago in a singles match, so why the hell is he getting a shot at the Owen Hart Cup, basically, is my other point. Yeah. Against the same person that he just lost to. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, that's what, that's what I would have done, but it's whatever. But yeah, Je Jeff Jarrett versus Dustin Rhodes, I think would have been surprisingly good, and they both have connections to Owen Hart, and they both have connections to each other with uh, Jeff Jarrett being a former member of the fucking Four Horsemen and fucking Dustin Rhodes is Dustin Rhodes and his dad being the fucking main protagonists against the Four Horsemen. Yeah. But anyway. But, uh, so you see it as... Or now, so you want Hobbs to win, or do you actually think Hobbs is going to win? I think Hobbs is going to win. You think Hobbs is going to win? Okay. Who would you like to see win? Would you like Hobbs to win? Like, you got both? Like, the is that who you would pick? Just that match? The tournament. Um, who I want to win? Samoa Joe. <laughs> I want Samoa Joe to win the whole fucking thing. Um, uh, wasn't Samoa Joe in the finals last year against Cole? I'm pretty sure it was Cole versus Samoa Joe in the finals last yeah, time. Yeah, because it was supposed to be Miro and the Miro didn't want to do it or something, right? Is that how that was? Mm, I think Miro lost the qualifying match to Darby or some shit, maybe. Oh, uh, yeah, that could have been. Maybe. Nice. I'm not positive how that all played out because I think they had qualifying matches last year. On Heart Cup. 
don't see the mirror in it at all. Vanity. Yeah, it was, it was Joe and Cole in the final. Yeah. All right, Joe and Cole in the final. All right. I think. Uh, Holy shit! Cole had a match with Ishii in the qualifiers. I don't remember that. That sounds sick, though. I think <laughs> that's where I think that's who replaced Miro was Ishii. By the way, mm. um, I think I'm gonna go. I think Powerhouse Hobbs is gonna win the whole thing. Who would I like to see win the whole thing? Ricky Starks. Is who I uh, like to see it. I mean, it'd give him a good little boost, I guess. Yeah. Something. But... Something. His boost from beating Jericho is already gone. So. I want Kojima. Need something else. Um, it's going to be. Th and this year, I do definitely believe it's going to be a, a face. I don't believe that you give it to Punk in Canada when he's been getting booed out the building. So I feel like Ricky Starks, if you want him to be cheered and not booed out the fucking building, I feel like you've got to give it to Ricky Starks here. What's the. um? Where is the final? July 15th. Finals in Calgary. Literally in fucking Owen Hart's hometown. I just don't remember if it's going to be on a dynamite or some shit like that. Or collision. Yeah, I don't think you do punk then. But it's definitely in Calgary. They said the finals is going to be in Calgary. I don't think you do punk then. I think that'd just be tone deaf a little bit. Yeah, just a tad. Yeah. Alright, that's the hot tag topics for the day. Now we gotta go into the final segment. We're going into... Mark that tweet. Let's do it. Mm. Here we go. Oh, let me get the hot tech topics off there, my bad. Mark that tweet time. At Great Brian Last. John Moxley is one of the worst wrestlers I've ever seen, but I've only been watching wrestling since 1989. Hashtag AEW. Dynamite. Before I give you the floor, because I am going to let you have the first take at this, the first crack at this, because I think I've had the first crack at the last couple. Um, for those that you, for those of you that do not know, at Great Brian Last is the co-host, the Jim Cornette, and it's kind of shocking that this is the first time he's been on the show um, since we've been doing it. I think we started the show at the very beginning of this year, so at least in this format. Um, so. I'm going to read the tweet one more time. This is Jim Cornette's co-host, great, the great Brian Last. Um, John Moxley is one of the worst wrestlers I've ever seen, but I've only been watching wrestling since 1989. And go. Okay. Maybe. All right. Let me be as charitable as possible. There's no way he literally means one of the worst wrestlers he's ever seen. He might mean one of the worst wrestlers he's ever seen at the position on the card. So let's assume that he means that at the very least. Because I don't think anybody would say fucking jumping Jeff Farmer was <laughs> a better wrestler than John Moxley or fucking Nails or whoever, right? So we'll get that out of the way. We'll just assume that he means one of the worst wrestlers at the top of the card. Even still, this is a fucking moronic take. Like, the mid-90s, early 2000s wrestling scene wrestlers were not good wrestlers like at all their ring psychology wasn't always there like you had standout dudes who were standout because they were so far in a way better than everybody else they were working around so like the reason eddie guerrero stood out so much the reason that you know guys like that were 
uh, even you know your Benoits and things like that. The reason that they stood out to the level that they did, Shawn Michaels, um, was because they were in a like they were big fish in a relatively small pond. Nowadays, this the pond is bigger than it's ever been, and John Moxley is still at the top because he is a good wrestler. He's a very good wrestler. He's convincing. He um, his ring psychology is pretty good. Uh, his moveset, you know, you can you can say his moveset's not like the best out there, but everything he does looks good. Except sometimes when he does the the hockey fight stuff, it's not the best. But it's because you can tell he's clearly like not trying to fucking hurt the other person. Um, I I don't know who he's even saying like somebody at the top of the card that he's one of the worst wrestlers you've ever seen. It's just an absolutely fucking insane take. Like, you can look at the top of the card from, he's, he's saying 1989. Let's even say, like, mid-90s onward. The top of the card were not good wrestlers. This is fucking nonsense. Uh, All right, I, so I, I'm going to just throw this out there because everybody knows I'm a huge Ultimate Warrior mark. I got the tattoo right here. I'm not, I have never uttered the words and will never utter the words that John Moxley is a worse wrestler than Ultimate Warrior. By the way, 1989 is Ultimate Warrior territory. So he won in 90, 90 or 91 when he beat Hogan at WrestleMania. So if you've been watching wrestling since 1989, that means you were there for the, the peak of the Ultimate Warrior. The okay. only good Ultimate Warrior matches besides, in my, in my opinion, by the way, besides the WrestleMania match against Hogan, which I thought they both over-delivered on, is the matches, the only other good ones were fucking either with Rick Rude, who was also just solid and nothing more, or Macho Man, which everybody knows is one of the greatest of all time. Mm. Warrior needed someone else to even have decent matches to be in a really good spot, right? Mm. John Moxley doesn't. John Moxley doesn't need that. Why? How the fuck do you look at John Moxley... And Ultimate Warrior, by the way, you can't get no higher on the card than Ultimate Warrior was at the time, by the way. Right. Like, that's upper stratosphere type shit that Moxley hasn't even hit in, in AEW, let alone WWE, because they held him down. So, there's no truth to this statement by the great Brian Last with just that one. Now, like you were talking about mid-90s, Lex Luger's not a better wrestler than John Moxley. Lex Luger was on top in WCW. Lex Luger was getting pushed to the moon in WWE. In the early nineties, not a fucking better wrestler. Uh, fucking Kevin Nash is not a better wrestler. <laughs> like it's Sid is not a better wrestler. Sid's not a better wrestler. Um, I mean, and these are just the obvious ones. Like I think you know you could you could even have the conversation about whether or not Vader's a better wrestler. I don't think he is necessarily. I think he was. He might have been more over in very specific parts of Japan or whatever, but maybe even not because people fucking. But we're not talking about overness though. But we're talking about like actually good wrestlers. So like, you talking about move sets. I think Vader was better at his move set than Moxley is better at his move set. And you talk about I convincing Mox- Vader. You're not getting more convincing than Vader. I think if we're just talking about like in ring work. That this isn't even. A fun yeah, yeah, no, I, no, no, I, I agree with you there. That's why I'm saying because- like there could be a debate with Vader, but then it, it would break down into all these different fucking categories type deal. Whereas Moxley is a better wrestler than Hulk Hogan. Mox is a better wrestler than fucking John Cena. So, like, John Cena, you could say, you you can make the argument that he's better because he's probably moved more merch and sold out more stadiums or whatever. But it wasn't because of his in-ring work. Yeah, I don't believe that's what this, I don't believe that's what this tweet is. This motherfucker said, one of the worst wrestlers I've ever seen. So we're clearly talking about just in-ring work, right? I I assume so. Yeah. 
that's I mean just thinking about who was on top throughout the nineties, early two thousands, whatever, like this is so fucking dumb. Even the I, even the two thousand tens, like dude, come on man, we're talking about fucking Jack Swagger. We were just talking about him. Right. He was yeah. a world champion. John Moxley's the worst wrestler than the Miz. He was on top. He's at WrestleMania. Right. No. No. There's, there's a lot of wrestlers worse than John Moxley. Here's the thing, too. Um, you know, people have the complaints about Moxley. Oh, he blades too much, whatever. If you watch John Moxley matches, like not even just AEW stuff, but like let's say some of the stuff that he's done with Defy or some of the stuff that he's done with like GCW or some of his work in Japan, like all that stuff, he, he works a different style for those too than he does even in AEW. And those are really fucking good matches. Like, um, even his blood sport stuff is really good. I promise you, John Cena cannot do a blood sport match. He just can't. He's not that. He's not that kind of wrestler. Like he doesn't have the the flexibility. He doesn't have the like the not physical flexibility, but like flexibility and ability to present himself. Um, like it's just this it, is such a crazy fucking take. And I just I, say this too is that I firmly believe with my entire chest that Moxley bleeds every dynamite on purpose now just to troll the people because he get he hears about how much he bleeds and how much people hate it or think it's too much and then he started doing it every fucking match because before in AEW he didn't do it every match yeah. then everybody was like oh he bleeds too much and then he started doing it in every fucking match no matter who it was against he could be going against fucking daddy magic he'll fucking bleed bleeding and I think he does that shit on purpose just to piss people off, and I applaud him for it, because I think it's fucking hilarious. I I mean, you could tell to some extent this is just, like, hate farming, engagement farming. Um, cause there's Which no is what engage. him and Cornette are known for, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and the sad thing is that, you know, you'll have 30 fucking people jump on this, like, obvious bait, and not even try to defend Moxley, but people that will agree with this because they are not thinking like they, they've made their whole fucking personality um like dedicated to yeah cornet's right kenny kenny sucks kenny's a fucking uh twinkle toes like lo- likes japanese girls like you can always spot these people because they say the same stupid shit that doesn't make any sense um calling kenny like kenny olivier or whatever like it's fucking stupid um i there's no way he believes this if he does believe this he's a fucking idiot if he believe, think- if he actually believes the tweet that he wrote out, then he's wasted his entire life from 1989 to today because he do- he he has not been watching wrestling. I don't know what the fuck he thinks he's been watching, but it wasn't wrestling because there's no fucking way that that's accurate. I I mean Moxley's a better wrestler than CM Punk. Let's let's not play fucking stupid about this. It as far as like. Guys that have been the top of the card since the yeah okay yeah card, okay like, for okay when they're both at the top of the card Moxley is a better wrestler than Punk was when he finally got to the top of the card one hundred percent agree but yeah, early like, CM Punk in Ring of Honor he's not better than that I don't think uh yeah probably yeah yeah I mean you can make that you can make that argument for sure I think that in ring work like right now or maybe even like late if we're talking about in ring work like it could, like what you said if you're just giving him the benefit of the doubt and he's talking about when they were on top type deal right. Yeah. Okay, if we're talking about when Punk was on top and when Moxley's on top, Moxley was a better wrestler. Yes, I agree with you. It's, it's... No fucking way. No fucking way does he believe this. This is 100% just like engagement farming, hate farming. Like, he, this is such a clown take. Speaking of I... clowns, dude, I can make the argument that Doink the Clown was a better wrestler than a lot of people that were on top. Matt Bourne version. Matt yeah. Bourne was a better wrestler than fucking Hogan. 
Yeah, for sure. So, like, what are we talking about here? What, what, what is the point of the tweet besides just the engagement farm? Yeah. Does he? I, I mean, mean, what, what, what do you have against Moxley so much besides the fact that he's in AEW? Because I promise you, if he was in WWE, you wouldn't have said this dumb shit. Whereas when people, there was that one time where people were like, it was going to be Moxley, then Rollins, then Roman. Yeah. That was, um, that was the scale. Because Moxley could talk and wrestle. Rollins could just fucking talk. I mean, just wrestle. And then fucking Roman was Super Cena and couldn't talk. Couldn't really do either one. Couldn't do either one, <laughs> yeah. but he had, he had the look and the, the pedigree. So, like, come on, man. And there's no way that I'm going to sit here and say that uh, Moxley's third out of the group. I still think it, go- I think it goes Rollins, Moxley, Roman now for me at this very moment. Here's the thing, too. Like, if a big red flag for me for weird wrestling tribalism is if you try to pretend that Rollins, Reigns, or Moxley are bad. Like, if you say any of those three are bad right now, as they currently are, or like within the last few years of their career, you're fucking delusional, or you're just saying it out of some weird tribalism thing. Because Rollins is very fucking good at what he does. Reigns is very fucking good at what he does. And Moxley is very fucking good at what he does. Anybody that argues otherwise is just doing it either out of like some weird tribalist thing, or they actually don't watch the other product. Which is, I've, the, the, the odds of it being one of those two things or both of those things at the same time is also high, by the way. Sorry about that. Konami threw his toy on the fucking floor. But anyway, um, both of those things could be true as well. They could be doing it to be a troll and actually believe that because they don't watch the product, et cetera. I mean, we already know how dumb wrestling fans as a generalization are, right? Like, I, it's no, it's no secret. It's not just online. If go to a show, you'll see. You'll see what I'm talking about. There's always one or two or three. As you overhear them say some really fucking dumb shit. Um, but just online brings it to light a lot faster because if it starts catching fire, which is what this fucking guy like this, like these people want. So that because this was I don't ever have great Brian last tweets show up on my feed. As soon as I saw it one time yesterday, guess how many times I fucking saw it? Everybody was fucking posting about it. It was showing up everywhere. I don't follow this motherfucker. As you can see in the picture, I don't follow him. <laughs> but he was showing up all over my fucking shit yesterday. Here's the crazy thing, too, and, and not a lot of people think about it this way either. Wrestling is a lot broader than just the, the major companies, right? So if you're even in a major company at that level, you're probably not that bad a wrestler compared to like dudes doing indies in you know, rural fucking Kentucky or whatever. Like, there's a very big wrestling scene in the sense of how many people are actually involved, and to get to that level at all it normally means that you're pretty good well, at that. How many thing. times have we said it on the show? We've said it on the show a lot. Like, I respect pretty much everybody that's in AEW, New Japan, or WWE because they got there. They're at the highest levels. Right. So you can't say that they're bad. That already the, yeah, you're, these people are already top 10% of the fucking wrestling. Exactly. And, no, and when we say, and if if we ever slip up and say somebody's not good in the ring, we're obviously comparing them to the other people, their peers that are in the same positions that they are. Except for Top Dollar, who I no, I yes, no, he's the exception. I, he I is would, awful. I, would, I literally think I'm a better wrestler. Than <laughs> other than that, uh, oh, speaking of, let's uh, before I hit this motherfucker with the mark that tweet. How many times were you mistaken for a wrestler during Forbidden Door weekend? Twice. It was so fucking weird. So um, and the going through the border, like you know, I'm not. I'm not a small guy. Like I'm, you know, pretty whatever. Right. But, um, so I was going through, uh, customs and the border guy 
He's like, oh yeah, what are you, what are you coming in for? I said, oh yeah, there's a pro wrestling pay per view. He's like, oh cool. Like somebody else came through earlier. Uh, Brody King said uh, came through. He said he's here for that too. I was like, oh yeah, cool, cool. So we're sitting there. Uh, he's checking my passport and shit. He's like, oh. so he hands it back to me. He's like, so do you work with him? I was like, work with who? He's like, Brody King. <laughs> I don't work with Brody King. I'm here to watch the pay per view. I'm not, I'm not working the pay per view. It's like, oh okay. Uh, <laughs> so that was that was weird. And then while I was in the Uber on the way but, to, well, it was only it was it was fine for a one time thing. But what made it weird was the Uber thing, right? That's when yeah, it was like so, kicked in. And it was like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, I was in an Uber on the way there, and we're at, you know the directions are to Scotiabank or whatever. And uh, he's like, oh yeah, what's going on there? I was like, I was like, oh yeah, it's a pro wrestling show. He's like, oh okay. And then he didn't really understand what I meant at first because he was he started talking about like MMA and shit. And I was like, no, it's like pro wrestling, like like it's scripted. He's like, oh okay. He's like, um. He's like, uh, so how long have you been doing that? And I was like, doing what? He's like, wrestling. I'm like, bro, I'm, I'm attending. <laughs> I'm a fan. Like, I'm not. What the fuck? That's are you so talking good, about, bro. This man, um, this man by sight is already better at wrestling than Top Dollar. No yeah. one's looking at Top Dollar going through something and be like, hey, you a wrestler? Fuck no. It's these, it's these traps, baby. Um, nah, this is fucking. I, I don't know what it is. Uh, I guess I, I do have a pretty wide build. I was dressed nicely. I was in the expensive Uber. Maybe that's what it was. Who knows. But um, yeah, that was that was very strange for me, for sure, especially at my height. But then I guess you know I'm the same height as like Danielson and shit in real life. And whatever they bill him at, I know he's not. So maybe that's part of it too. So who knows? Um, yeah, I thought that was really fucking funny. Yeah, I, I thought it was funny too. That's why I wanted to bring it up on the show before I fucking forgot. You just reminded me. All right, so the great Brian Last, we have to hit you with what we love to hit everybody at the end of the week with. And that's to mark your tweet officially. So, that the great Brian Lass, for your dumbass wrestling take of the week, we have to mark that tweet. Listen up, you prick! You don't know shit! Your opinions suck! You fucking mark! That doesn't work for me, brother. <laughs> You're gonna be using that one a lot. Very good. Very good. Love it. Love it. That's going to do it for the show today. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We will be back uh, next week uh, where we will find out some more shit with the Owen Hart uh, tournament for not only the men's side, but the women's side as well. Um, happy to see Billy Starks finally debut. Nick Wayne is coming up soon, by the way, in case anybody was wondering. Um, because they both just graduated, I believe Nick Wayne turns 18, 19 or some shit. Whatever the fuck AGS to turn to wrestle for them uh, very soon, if not already. I thought it was early July, but I don't know for sure. But anyway, we've got that coming up. And then, of course, we've got the fallout to Money in the Bank with the Civil War shit. So that'll be interesting on SmackDown and see how where they start going with that. And then, of course, we got to see the rest of the Lethal Lottery uh blind eliminator tag team whatever the fuck you want to call it it's basically it's lethal lottery um the tag team uh concept from AEW. see who else is going to go with that and see who they actually let come out on top between orange cassidy darby allen and swerve in our glory which would be hilarious if they announced them as that i think you should definitely announce them as swerve in our glory oh it'll be so funny dude make them <laughs> make them remember the good times well call them the swerve in our that, glory it'll be so funny you have a uh, you have have Swerve come out first, announce it as that. Keith Lee just like peeks out from the fucking ramp, looking confused. Starts to come out like, I guess, uh, yeah, I guess that's our team. <laughs> That'd be so. Oh fuck. 
Um, anyway, and I'm going to give it another week with Fight Forever. And I believe Ryan's going to play it a little bit more this week, too. And I think we're going to give a, a little small review on Fight Forever next week, too. Yeah. I want to finish. I want to be able to finish this first uh, Road to the Elite thing first. Um, I've been liking it. I, I'll see if I can beat that fucking Casino Battle Royal in the first week and see if I get a different storyline out of it. I'm pretty sure I will. So, but yeah, I'm like right now, if I had to give it a grade, it would definitely be higher than a six that IGN gave it. But that's just me. Yeah, yeah. I think right now I'm, I'm at like a seven and a half for it, which is honestly not bad. Like, it's, yeah, it's exactly. It's not bad. Game. It's not bad. And then people were like, oh, it took four years to come out with this. Yeah, no shit. Because that's, I mean, yeah, it's their first fucking game. Up. And they went to also, an old engine and all this other shit. Like, come on, man. Here's another thing that people don't know is that they apparently hand animated all the animations. These were not mocap. So that's that's why a lot of it uh, took so long, too. So. Yeah, and I believe, and not only that, but like they did a lot of stuff that was, like, for instance, uh, a chance and stuff or real chance mm-hmm. that they went around to stadiums and was recording and shit so that's cool as fuck too especially because how good they come off in the game like you can actually understand their chants i love when i'm i hit somebody with two signatures and a finisher and the crowd is chanting their name as they get pinned though i'm like they don't like you bro they don't want you to win i'm like in real life they want them to kick out (laughs) they want them to kick out bro fuck you it'd be funny if you pinned them anyway and then one and they're like they started booing the shit i'm like come on bullshit I'm having fun with it though. I think it's a I think it's a good pick up and play kind of game. Um, I will say that early early review on it, the like the biggest problem with it obviously is just the creation suite and it's lacking so much right now. Interesting. Um, I, I'm I'm most interested in not even the base game, but I'm interested to see how they're going to expand it going forward. Yeah, because I want to see, see if they actually. Lines. Yeah, I want them to commit to the game like they said they're going to. So despite mm-hmm. the review from IGN or whoever you're, uh. Joe Schmo online that doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about because they never played No Mercy or whatever, WrestleMania 2000, shit like that. People that don't know what the fuck they're talking about. The people that did buy it, the people that did pre-order, the people that pre-ordered the Deluxe Edition or the Elite Edition or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Don't abandon us, bro. Keep releasing wrestlers, keep releasing modes, all that kind of stuff so that we can have this game for a while. I'd like to see the sales figures on it, but I think the the big thing to keep in mind when you see a lot of takes on it online is that a lot of these are coming from people in like their early to mid twenties who are playing games, and they weren't around or old enough to play some of the stuff that this is based on, like the Aki engine and things like that. So they're not. Dude, they I saw somebody compare it to in, uh, WWE Battlegrounds, and I was like, dude, it's not even fucking close to yeah, Battlegrounds. You don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Just shut up. Maybe maybe somewhat visually if you're looking at like the chris jericho model and looking at some of the models in battlegrounds maybe oh and and i mean we're pretty much already giving you your fucking review review right now so it doesn't even fucking matter about next week we probably won't even mention it now but i will say this no i'm gonna cover it more in depth there okay but i will also say this is the uh the people bitching about oh this is a this is a ps2 game or this is an n64 game graphically or whatever you know mm-hmm. you want me to pay six sixty seventy dollars for that um motherfucker have you Besides this year, when WB 2K23 was actually fucking decent, have you seen the character models for the two games before that? Yeah. Did you see why they had to fucking take a break for a year and come out with a fucking arcade uh, arcade style, the WB uh, Battlegrounds one? Did you see the models? These models look better than those. So what the fuck are you talking about, PS2? Fuck you. You act like PS2 wasn't a great system. Go fuck yourself. That too. And also, if you really think about this part of it too, the best game of this year that i've played was tears of the kingdom tears of the kingdom's engine was built for a fucking wii u game 
uh, Breath of the Wild that happened to be ported over to Switch at the time, but it was built for fucking Wii U. Like that's a very. It wouldn't even matter if it were using Switch stuff. It would be around the same type of shit anyway, because yeah. Switch is so much lower than Xbox and PS and PlayStation anyway. I think Switch was twenty eight, twenty or twenty seventeen. So no, I know that, but they were, they were never they were never about the hardware like these two. They're more about yeah. the the uh, the couch co op type games and the Mario and the Pokemon and the Zelda and shit. So like they were never gonna be that, and they don't claim to be that. And you see that no one has a problem with that. But every game on fucking PS four, PS five have to be goddamn graphical masterpieces. Go fuck yourself. And then the one review that I read that really pissed me off was. He, like, hammers it, like, just destroys the shit, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, the first two sentences. And then, like, the third or fourth sentence was like, uh, yeah, it's a fun game, but I don't know if I'll be playing it again. That's all it needs to be is a fun game. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm not going to play I... it because it's fun, but it's not what I thought it was going to be. Or it's not as visually appeasing as uh, the NBA 2K23 or something. Something that they never said that they were going to be anyway. I will say that um, unless they have more story branches soon, because it seems like there's only 12 total story blocks right now, that it, it will run out of replayability for me personally pretty quick, because I'm not like a big just pick up an exhibition match and play kind of guy. Um, but I mean, it, it'll take a little bit to get through those anyway, because you have to do specific choices and branches and whatever for your four different blocks. Um, so until I can win the Casino Battle Royale in the very first match, I don't think I'm ever even going to open the one of the blocks that I'm missing in the first quarter. I'd love, I'd love for them just to release one or two new storyline things. Maybe just one, honestly, because I don't know how much they're going to be working on it. But every time you come out with like a new pack of like four wrestlers to download or whatever, to incorporate either a new match type or, um, or a new storyline thing, just you know something to breathe some life in, and where you're just not coming out with DLC or just like where it's just straight characters. Like I don't give a fuck about. Like, I love characters, don't get me wrong. But after a certain while, it's like, okay, well, I still got these seven same modes. Just, like, 90 characters now instead of 50. Like, I don't care. Like, that doesn't, that doesn't help me any. I need new, I need other new stuff or new shit to buy in the shop because I'm going to buy everything soon. Like, I got sh- a shit ton of money. I've been buying everything. New arenas, I understand that. But that doesn't really change it up for me to the point that I'm talking about. Like, I... If you want to come out with Fighter Fest Arena or Fight for the Fallen Arena, that's cool with me. I'm cool with that. Uh, Forbidden Door Arena would be badass. But I need other match types because the seven match types is pretty low for me. Because even when you compare it to No Mercy, No Mercy had a shit ton of match types. So I'd love to see War Games. I'd love to see um, the... the Because um, they already had the ladder match, but I'd love to see the uh, the Brass Ring one. Mm-hmm. Face of the Revolution ladder match. I'd love to see that. You know, stuff like that. I'd love to see those. They could those do pretty easily because there's ladder matches in the game that use the poker chip. You just replace that graphic with a fucking brass ring. Like, what's the ain't no difference? Yeah, I I just love to see updates like that. Something that makes you want to keep playing. Give me blood and guts, baby. Yeah. We might have to do a we might have to do a stream or two when uh, me and you get on online as a tag team and start taking some people out. I wonder how hard it is already to win against people online, dude. Probably pretty fucking tough. But mine's on PC, and there's no crossplay, so I don't know that we'd be able to do that. Oh, yeah, that's right. There's no crossplay. Damn. Okay. But anyway, that's our quick review on it. Like Ryan said, we're going to play it as some more this week, and I guess we could give you guys a more in-depth review. Maybe we'll even record it off-stream and just upload it as a separate video, honestly. 
for the channel. But anyway, thank you all for joining us here on the Monster Cats. Hope you have a great uh, rest of your weekend. And we will see you guys next week. Deuces.